All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 239 of the DFO Rundown brought to you by Botano. 19 plus, please play responsibly. The game starts now with Botano.ca. I'm Jason Greger alongside Frank Saravalli. And uh, here it is, uh, September 11th and the NHL season officially Just under a month away, October 10th is when it gets going. Uh, Next week, uh, players will report on Wednesday for uh, medicals, and then they get on the ice on Thursday. Uh, Rookie camps, Frank, are going to get going uh, this week. Is there any team whose rookie camp intrigues you more than others? Like, do you you care about rookie camps? Nah, not really. Do you pay attention? Well, you know what? Um, I, I used to, well, obviously, because the orders used to have number one picks coming in every year. So, yeah, know, that's different. Like, oh. I mean, yeah. but like no one's looking at the Blackhawks rookie camp and being like, hey, Is let's see how Bedard it? stacks up because we, yeah. we know where he's at. Yeah. Like I do remember McDavid coming in in 15 and it was like he was so much better than all because he only skated with the rookies for the first few days. And it was so like it was blatantly obvious. Boys how much better he was. And I'm assuming Bedard will be the same. Like, you know, I, I am interested about Adam Fantilli. That's a, that's a player that, that intrigues me uh, a little bit. And, you know, there are some, the rookie camps that have players who are more like, you know, second or third, two, two or three years from being away from being drafted. Either they're coming out of NCAA or they're coming out of junior now and they're 19 and 20. 
Well, those players I'm definitely more interested by the, you know, outside of Bedard and maybe Fantilli, you know, the other draft class kids aren't, I don't think are going to be NHL players. I could be wrong, but you know, I, I would, I would always encourage teams not to rush 18 year olds to the NHL because um, the list of kids not succeeding is infinitely longer than those who do succeed. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll watch some of the, you know, I'll watch bits and pieces, but no, I don't, um, I don't cover it like I did for seven, eight years, probably because I kind of got tired of it because it was every year and people's the hype train. It never, it's always faster than the reality train. Yeah. It, that, and also like every fan base seems to love all of their own prospects, which for the most part, most of them are not any good. Like how many times do we hear about a guy over and over again that just never gets over the hump? Yeah. You know, like I'm sure Ducks fans, I get it. People are excited about Leo Carlson, right. To, to see what, uh, what he's going to do uh, for them. Right. Like Owen Zellweger, like the Ducks got some good young guys coming, but you know, and I think in Anaheim, they're at the position now where their fan base is, they're looking for anything that's a positive for their team. Right. They're looking to say, okay, we got, hopefully some of these young guys can, can come in in the next few years and really help us. That's, you know, th- those are teams. Then there's other teams. Like, you know, if you look at Edmonton, Toronto list of teams at like Vegas, you know, m- most of them, the rookie camp is, Oh, how will this guy help us in two or three years? It's very different for the competitive teams to the non-competitive team. What do you make of the duck summer? Alex Kalorn still haven't gotten Trevor Zegras done. And when I last checked in on it last week, I don't think there had been any progress made. It's been Leo per- Carlson. They were very happy getting him in the draft. Yeah. And he might be able to step in right away. Radko Gudis on the back end, Ilya Labushkin. Well, they're more physical. I'll say that. And Gudis and Labushkin, those guys hit hard. So, you know, the Ducks are a team that if you're an opposing forward, at least got to have your head up when those two are on the ice because they can knock into to Strange Street pretty quickly. But their summer has like John Gibson, what was that? right? Did like you say it was Strange Street. Yeah, that's right. Huh. And um, John Gibson is, uh, you know, there's been talk he wanted to trade, and uh, you know, nothing's happened. I, I would say about the Ducks overall. Um, like I actually like the Kalorn signing and I don't really care about the cap hit because the ducks, they got the most cap space in the NHL. So yeah, it's mostly irrelevant what the cap hit is. Yeah. You had to get um, the player. And yes. I, I don't think they're counting on four years of Alex Kalorn to be super healthy and productive because that'll take him to age 37, 38. It's really about the filling the gulf and the leadership that's been lacking in between. Like oh, that team needs to get back on track and he's someone that can help get them there. Yeah, I think Alex Kalorn's a player who comes in and you know hopefully teach the young players like this is how you be a pro every day. These are some of the things that you need to do. And Zegris and Troy Terry and you know the rest of their young guys. Uh, hopefully they, they're able to learn from that. And and obviously Kalorn's a guy who should be playing no question either if he's not in their top lines in their top six for sure. So because to me you could if you have those veterans Frank who are like your third pair guy or third pair defenseman, or maybe in your third line, it's a little bit harder sometimes because they're not on the ice. They're not playing as many minutes. They're not playing a significant role that sometimes, you know, players have a hard time saying, well, why am I listening to this guy? I'm not saying that, you know, that you shouldn't, but having talked to players in the past, how many minutes you play does impact 
your ability on, on a, with a young group of players sometimes to, to make more of a vocal impact. Yeah. Jamie Drysdale. He's another guy that is not signed that is coming off of a major injury year, but is a really, really talented player. I'm looking forward to seeing that get done and seeing him get back to his normal because the ducks also missed him. Like there's going to be this turnover here that goes from passing the torch from Cam Fowler to Jamie Drysdale. And this is one of those years where it needs to get moving in that direction. Yeah. You hope he's healthy. If you're a ducks fan, no question about it. So, but yeah, the, the Zegris one, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't signed yet. Um, you know, you look at Jake Sanderson, we'll get to that contract in, in a second. Like that, that's a huge deal for them. Like I look at the ducks and um, I really don't see any, any path to, to Zegris not getting an eight year deal. I guess. Does, does he want 9 million? I do. Does he want? I see, I see a path to not getting an eight-year deal. You think so? Yeah, you have. Like, I'm not saying this is what's the case, but let's say this is the hypothetical that Pat Verbeek says, "Okay, I know that he's older, but Troy Terry is our best player, and we've set the ceiling for the Ducks' salary cap at seven million bucks. If you'd like a, an eight-year deal, we'll pay you that, but you have to be south of Troy Terry." I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that deal. No, I, but if, if like Trevor Zegras had 61 and 65 points, Troy Terry's had two 60 point seasons. So even if Troy Terry's a little bit better, he's three years older. Like if you look uh, at, Zegers, I, I'm just telling you, the same you, age me, as Troy you, Terry. you don't see a path that they yeah. don't eliminate your deal. And I'm telling you, I guarantee you that one exists. It, it would seem like an odd stance to take if you're Pat Verbeek, though. That's all I'm saying. I, because I'd be surprised. I think the I think the the ledger is clear that teams that sign their players to long term deals end up winning every time, even if the number is a little bit painful in the first year or two. You, you mean for every, young RFAs? Yes. Okay. You win every sure. time. So to not go down that path, I think, would be a mistake. But we're also pretty late into it now it's september 11th well the great part is like i'll say this frank well if if we get to uh, the first day of training camp and zegris isn't signed i'll be surprised and to me if he signs now i know that i don't know where he's skating so because i know lots of teams have have 80 90 in some cases 100 percent of their players already in their city skating together as a group so i haven't looked to see where i Zegers doubt he's there he, he yeah. wasn't and part I, of the ducks uh the ducks had a big thing with the anaheim angels it was like ducks night at the angels game yeah he's not there yeah so that that's the one i guess you know what hey you'd like him to get in there so this week i think for sure like i just when i look at it rationally from both sides the ducks have oodles of cap space Trevor Zegers has a pretty strong case to say, you know what? I can get eight and a half. You know, could could he argue and say he should get Jack Hughes numbers? Probably should. So I'll bet you that he signs a short-term deal. Okay. And well, now what is now keep in mind, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Austin Matthews. We've seen guys like when you say short-term, are you talking five years? Or even no, short-term? I'm talking like two. Ooh. Wow. Hey, I, it's funny, Frank, because I have said this for years in the NHL that shorter term deals can benefit the star players and shorter term deals will benefit teams because we see way too many long term overpayments for UFAs over the age of 28. Happens all the time. 
right? Like the teams might win on the young guys, but they lose a lot on the the non-elite, like the quite good players, but the non-elite players. We 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 have a, a list of those type of contracts that don't work. And I've always said, like, look at the NBA. They their guys now. It's a different league, and I know you have fewer players per team, but they they have a max salary term of five years max and they're lots of their stars are signing two three-year deals for huge money and you know teams aren't really that worried about some of them leaving yeah some of them like kevin durant bounces around and you know james harden but that's because most teams don't even want him at the end of it but i think it's a trend that nhl players would be wise to consider like people kind of freaked out at austin matthews look at him he signs a five-year deal gets big cake signs a four-year deal gets big cake what's wrong with that nothing that's why he did it. Yeah. Um, so before we move on from the Ducks, just want to, what category do you put Trevor Zegers in? Because you were talking about like superstar or star and then. Yeah. Like he's a young player still. I, I think Zegers has potential to become an, an 80 to 90 point player. Right. It always helps having a running mate and him and Troy Terry are, are two guys I think can do it together. It's rare. Like Patrick Kane was kind of a freedom fighter some years, you know, scoring way more points than anybody else in his team. So, you know, I think Zegris, Zegris probably with if offense continues at the rate it is across the league, I could see him having a year where he's a hundred point player down the road. I, I think he he needs to be a little bit more consistent on the simple plays. Right. Because obviously he's got the, the high level dynamic that we see and all that stuff's great. But I, I would say yeah, probably I think he's a got bit some more work consistent. to do to get to that level. Yeah. But that's why, you know, when you now Jack Hughes has jumped ahead of him right now. But if you look at Hughes's contract and what he signed, if Zegers signs for that, I think there's a very good chance that that becomes a, a good contract for him and a good one for, for the Ducks. But I'll say this I won't be surprised if Zegers goes the path of Matthews and Kane and Taves and signs for five years. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. Now, Jake Sanderson, big deal. A lot of people were like, geez, he's only played 77 games. I'm like, people kind of said the same thing about Leon Drysaddle when he signed for 8.5 mil. And then look how that deal uh, panned out, right? Like, sometimes you make a good bet on a player. Jake Sanderson, I, I don't know if Sanderson is going to be high-end offensive right away because of Shabbat and he gets the power play time. But Jake Sanderson, you talk to guys who watch defensemen, Frank, and they love how he plays the game, you know, defensively I, for a young player. I love him playing the game offensively as well. Yeah. But more so, you know, when I say he that, it's not to discount his offense. Like, I mean, he he's I I'd almost bet my house that he makes the jump into the 40s next year. Oh, yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. But to be a big-time point producer, you got to be power play a little bit, right? And I wasn't he, he discounting did, his offense. He did play power play. So this stat was, is, is, is an unbelievable stat. So when you look at since the NHL began tracking ice time in 1998, so we have 25 years worth of data, a quarter of a century, there are only two defensemen by the age of 21 – to average more than 20 minutes a night total, more than two minutes a night power play, and more than three minutes a night penalty kill. Drew Doughty, one of them? Drew Doughty and Jake Sanderson. Those are yeah. the only two. There you go. Yeah. No, hey, I like, and I wasn't discounting his offense, but more young defensemen struggle in the defensive side first. And I think that's where Sanderson is, is, a, is ahead of the curve. And I don't even think like, so it, I guess, is there risk in any contract? Of course there is. 
yes. injury and whatnot. I don't even view this as that big of a gamble. I think he's already close to that level. And I think you're going to be laughing in three years when the cap goes up. Oh, I like this deal a lot for Ottawa. Obviously, I like it for Sanderson. Like that's that's life changing security for the rest of his life, for his kids' lives, his grandkids' lives. Uh, you know what? And, unless you do something ridiculous with your investment money, um, you just put that in a yeah, GI. By twenty, by, by thirty, so since he has one more year left on his deal, by thirty, he will be a free agent again. Nothing wrong with that. He played two years of college hockey. And now by 30, he will have made, I don't know, almost 70 million bucks when you include his entry-level deal and bonuses and be a free agent again. Oh, yeah. It's no, a win-win is... for everyone. Yeah. Well, you Sanderson look at Ottawa. Gets, Sanderson gets the, the security now. The Sens have their entire core locked up. They've got five guys making $8 million or more, essentially. If you include Josh Norris, who's at seven nine five, Norris, Shabbat, Sanderson, Stutzla, and Kachuk. They, oh yeah, and, and they've got a four-year deal for Drake Batherson remaining. That, geez, that looks pretty damn good. Under five million bucks for a guy who had sixty-two points last year. Oh no, Ottawa's cap situation is quite good. Uh, what'd you make of Stutzel coming out and pulling no punches uh, on DeBrincat? I kind of, I didn't mind it at all. I love I it. I liked it. It's honest. And it's also like, hey, maybe we kind of sniffed you out last year. Was the commitment there? Hmm. If you, yeah, I mean, no, look, they're... I think the Sens are building something special. I think they've got all of the primary position boxes checked. And I actually really like the Corpus Allo deal. Yeah, it's five years, but I don't think four million bucks is onerous for a goalie that has a pretty decent track record of success. And they've got the young guys on defense, young guys at forward, supplemented by some nice veteran acquisitions on the free agent market. You know, when you have and manage your cap situation like they do, you can go out and take a flyer on Vladimir Tarasenko for one year, five million bucks. Not going to hurt you. You can add Dominic Kubalik one year. Uh, that was part of a trade, but he's got one year left at two and a half million bucks. You, you've got these guys that you're supplementing your roster with that are nice pieces to add. Well, look at the sense. So this year they have 3.45 in dead cap space because of buyouts and retained salary. Next season, they actually have um, plus 625, a, a unique uh, salary cap thing uh, when you buy out a guy. Colin White. So, so basically who, that's... Who signed a PTO with the Penguins over the weekend yeah. as well. So that's $4 million extra they have just from that, right? Tarasenko has a one-year deal. And the other guy you didn't mention in your core, who I think is really important to them, Arzim Zub. I like him as a defenseman a lot. He's got four years as well. Like they, if If Ottawa spends their money properly the next few years... Like they're going to be in a really good spot. Like I think Senators fans, it's been some tough sledding for them, but both Ottawa and Buffalo to me are two teams in the East that are trending in the right direction. And I think both of them, like they were close to a, to a playoff spot last year. I think both barring any major injuries. And, you know, the only question you have in, in Buffalo is can their young goaltenders, you know, play as well as everybody thinks they can, if they are, they got a pretty good team as well. Like those two teams, Frank, I think the the transition 
of them. Like they're not cup contenders yet. No, but, but I, think I think they're they legit both make playoff the playoffs contenders. this year. Yeah. There was a great feature today from uh, Lance Lysowski in the Buffalo News about Devin Levi and how he's trying to level up his game in net. I'm a big believer in Devin Levi. I've watched him play really closely, and I think they're going to be in great shape. I, I See, here's the thing. If you're going to make a bet on goaltending, Jay, yeah, I'd much rather see a team do what the Sabres are doing with young guys in net then try and do what the Kings are doing in their net. <laughs> that was the team I was going to say. Yeah, like there, there's definitely some question marks potentially, but, you know, Cam Talbot's shown when, when he's on, it can be pretty solid, right? And, and obviously they hope and, that Phoenix Copley just continues what he did last year. Yeah, and reuniting with uh, Todd McClellan, maybe that helps. But I know Talbot didn't have the year that he wanted last year, and part of it was certainly due to the start and injuries. But he's still sub 900 save percentage and a pretty yeah. decent sample size at 36 games. We're talking almost a half season worth of work. To then say, if you're the Kings, we're going to have him be sort of our 1A, 1B with Phoenix Copley, who had one, I'd say, good season, not even a great season. Yeah. He had a 9.03. The problem was he just won. The thing with Copley was they won a ton of games with him in net, even though his numbers weren't sparkling. He was 24, 6, and 3. So he won 24 out of 33 decisions. Yeah, well, no, hey, he uh, Copley's numbers were actually pretty solid. And then Corpusalo, they got him in the deadline, and, and he became kind of the guy for L.A. But, like, I won't be stunned, Frank, if if Copley ends up being the guy again in LA for long stretches. Now, the only question is, do they have confidence? Because last year they felt like they had upgrade on him and went to Corpus Allo, And obviously then he left and went to Ottawa. So I, that, that's the one question mark for me in LA is, is their goaltending and how much faith will they have in their goaltending? Well, they apparently have a lot of faith. I don't know what, I guess my big question is what's their, what's their escape valve? What's their path? If they, if it's no good, how do they fix it? Trade. Who There's really who's, no other option. Where? Who's who's trading you a goalie? Well, you know, there's always a few goalies that are. Um, there's always know. a few that go through the waiver wire. Yes. I mean, I guess you could probably make a push to get one of Calgary's guys, Vladar. Uh, they've got a situation that's sort of percolating because when you look at Dustin Wolf and he's his numbers, he's really earned an opportunity to to play at the nhl level um maybe that's one team but like i not many other teams are out there like hey yeah we'll trade you a goalie no no but and i'm not saying it would be necessarily a proven one but there, there's ways to find a goalie if, if you have to and the thing about the goaltending position frank is honestly um it is the most unpredictable position every year uh, look at Buffalo. Look at the three young goalies they have. Are you like? Well, what, you know, that's what I'm saying. That's what got us to this point was if you're Buffalo, though, you've everything you're doing is on young guys. Remember last year we talked about how, and we talked about this with Kevin Adams on, on Frankly Speaking, one episode, how they were not bringing in any vets. They purposely didn't want to bring in any vets to get in the way of young guys. They're doing the same thing in net. And I'm saying at least if you're going to lose by the virtue of goaltending, at least do it with guys that are learning something. 
Cam but they might have to put Eric anything at 36. Yeah, but my point was they might put Eric Comrie on waivers, Frank, if they go through two young guys, and then LA could claim him if they want. Like he oh, seems okay, to be so, the- so. But like, here's my point, and there's always a guy that's available on waivers that passes through. That's really the nature of the NHL's roster rules that I actually I think needs changing because teams are so reliant on third goalies now that you should be able to keep an extra guy if you've gone ahead and signed him. Ooh. So, there's a however. Way to I don't know. I want, before we go to something else to explain that. So you're saying teams should allow one goalie. That's not, that is waiver eligible to be non-waiver eligible. Yeah. Basically like a a third goalie that you exempt. Hmm. And this goes back to the whole conversation that I've had about uh, e-bugs and everyone enjoys the e-bug story and how great of a, you know, spectacle it is to see the common man, come in and potentially we may see at some point the uh, a woman that becomes an e-bug. That's the person in the building that night that's supposed to play. Uh, should there be a series of events that lead to that? My thing is we should be past that now. It's 2023. The story was cool like four years ago. And we don't like – you need to continue to evolve as a league because allowing an accountant who plays in beer league to come in and play an NHL game, like happens once you're like, great story happens again. David Ayers, another like, okay. When it happens over and over again, where the guy ends up not only in uniform, but eventually somehow in net, that just means you need to fix it because you shouldn't have amateur people playing at the highest level in pro sports. So it would never happen in any, like, could you imagine someone coming in to kick field goals in the NFL out of the stands? It would never happen. Yeah. Is it any different though, than in baseball, when you put in the position guy who hasn't pitched in 10 years and he's, yes, it is different because he's a, he's a full fledged professional athlete that plays baseball every single day. Yeah. But he's not a pitcher. Doesn't matter. That's mop up duty that teams back themselves into because they're down 10 runs in the ninth inning. Yeah. That's a a whole totally different thing. This is the NHL having the ability to expand rosters by one position so that teams either carry a third guy or another thing that I've been advocating for is have someone that you hire as a full time position. They don't get league minimum money. This is the third backup emergency position a guy that used to play in the ahl or whatever it might be that can be your it's like the bullpen catcher that's the closest comparable is a guy that travels with your team to every game and guess what when the bullpen catcher isn't catching during a game he's packing equipment bags loading the bus making sure that everything gets unpacked in the locker room it's a regular full-time job that you just happen to maybe be needed as an accessory to the players. Hmm. And they don't count against the cap. They do not count against the cap, but you know what? My understanding is owners don't want to pay for it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so like we're talking about a $250,000 salary, give or take. I would say less than that. Call it a hundred guys in the AHL. Most of them don't make a hundred. Okay. Well, so you know what? For hundred thousand bucks times thirty-two teams, three point two yeah. million dollars in expenditure. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, and it saves you from the embarrassment of having to bring in some guy out of the stands who worked that day at Ernst and Young in his accounting job. <laughs>
it's kind of a I, I, I agree on the uh, on the credibility factor, but sometimes in a, like how many day like the David Ayer story was was big, but how many other guys like Edmonton brought in a guy for two minutes? They were up I think six to one in the game. They brought him in for two minutes. The game Bob was over. Foster it's like, was the guy in Chicago. Like Steve Wino yeah. wrote a whole book about this about right. bugs. Yeah. Like how many in the last? Is, so there's been has there been more than three who played any sort of substantial yes. minutes in a meaningful game? Yes, there has been. Okay. Yes. Now the team seem to like it though. The players so always rally say, around. I want to take it a step further because I know the players like it. But let's say as as we continue to see gambling, um, you know, become to the forefront. Let's say you bet on a game and both goalies go down, and you need to now rely on some guy that was was teaching economics earlier that day. Well, is then it'd be right? even. Both guys right? are. Just, there's two economics teachers in each end. Is that right? Is that really the way that it should be? That's all I'm asking. We yeah. have uh, communication and travel in 2023 have never sort of been easier than they have in the in the history of society. There's got to be a way to work this out and have it be a better setup. Yeah. Now, if and I, I don't disagree with that, I will say, if if gambling is part of the reason, to, a small part of it, to say, hey, let's bring this in, then it's at bare not. minimum, the the NHL should have you know players that are listed you know, well before the game of who's playing, like you put in a, a four o'clock deadline for a seven o'clock start, that that's when you have to submit your roster like they do in the NFL. That's something to me that that should be more important because that's the norm every night. And and you have, you don't even know who's starting games at times. And I think that's would be a first step before I'm worrying about an e-bug who might happen like three to 1% of the time. Almost happened in the winter classic last year. Tristan Jari went down yeah. and then Casey to Smith also got hurt and had to like suck it up and stay in the game at Fenway Park so that they didn't have to bring in the e-bug. Yeah. Hey, let's bring in the non-e-bug. Tyler Uremchuk uh, joins us. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing good. I thought you were going to say this podcast bullpen catcher. Also, Frank Saravalli, noted hater of accountants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I live with one, so that's generally how it works. <laughs> Uh, buy or sell for today. Once again, I'm digging into one of the hundreds of prop bets that our friends at Botano have up on their site. And I got a handful of interesting ones. And I will admit the first one is inspired a little bit by something you guys were talking about before we started recording with who could slide into the playoffs for teams that are slipping out. Frank, you mentioned the Florida Panthers. And I went, damn, I wonder how the books are viewing the Florida Panthers heading into this season. Their over-under for points is 99.5. I am taking the under all day long. Frank, are you buying or selling? Yeah, I'm buying. I just don't I don't think their defense is good enough, and I thought they made a pretty shrewd move in bringing in Oliver Ekman Larson on a cheap deal. I think he's one, of those, he's one of those players, like, not to say he played really well in Vancouver because obviously he didn't, but – with a different cap hit now, all of a sudden people are going to make, oh, this guy's pretty good for that money. And I just, I, Forsling was excellent last year. And Josh Mahora, I thought, came a long way with his game. I just, with Ekblad and Montour being out and also Montour, I think in addition to the injury, can he get back to the level that he was at last year? Because it was such an outlier. 73 points in 80 games. Unbelievable. And he was on a tear in the playoffs until he got hurt again. I 
I just don't like Florida's defense. And I, I still, I think it's fair to ask questions as well about their, their goaltending that I think the Panthers look, they've got the talent up front. We know that, but I think the Panthers could be in a spot where they go from Stanley cup final to clawing to make the playoffs. Uh, I would, uh, I would sell for sure. I'd take the under on that all day long, Ty. Uh, Tampa Bay had 98 points last year. The line's 99 and a half for Florida. And as Frank outlined, the injuries on to two of their top few defensemen to start the season for a significant time. Um, I still think the Panthers are good. I like their forward group. I think that, you know, I think their goaltending, I think is going to hold up this year in the regular season. I think Bobrovsky, he's not going to necessarily be playoff Bobrovsky, but he's going to be a lot better than he was last few regular seasons. Um, but I, I see like a 95, 96 point season more for Florida as, as a, as a top end. What about one plus 165 to miss the playoffs? So you're not quite getting it at two to one. If it, I was hoping it would be around plus 200, plus 220, that would have been like, oh, maybe it's worth a sprinkle, but they should still be able to get in, no? I just want to know I, I when think those guys are coming back. Yeah. Like if they're back in November, you're like, okay, maybe that's plenty of time to turn it around. Like I could see them making the playoffs for sure. I just... It's not quite enough juice to make me want to lay money. Yeah, I, I don't see them falling all the way out of the playoffs. I know that they barely got in, and Pittsburgh helped them with that terrible loss to Chicago. And, and I do like Ottawa and Buffalo the most as two up-and-coming teams, so that's going to push. But the other thing about points is I honestly believe that Boston's going to give 35 points back to the league this year. Honestly, and that which yep. is a crazy number to say, and they could still be a 100-point team. And so that's a lot of extra points for other teams in the East. That's fair. Uh, a couple goal scorer props for next season. I am going to start with Austin Matthews. Last week, I asked you guys about Connor McDavid. His line was 54 and a half. I went over there. Matthews line a little bit shorter. It comes in at 50.5. I think he crushes this. Obviously, injuries, always a major concern with Austin Matthews, but I'll take the chance that he stays healthy next year. And I mean, even if he misses 10 games, him getting to 51 goals is not crazy at all. So I like Matthews over 50 and a half. Greg, are you with me? It's a good question, man. Um, the thing about Austin Matthews is he's had the one 60 goal season, one fifty goal season when he scored 60, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he did have 47 and 70 games. So if he misses 10, like now he did have 41 and 52, obviously in the, in the uh, shortened season. So projected to be over. Yeah. My gut tells me like Toronto, I think Toronto is going to be, you know, really good in the regular season. Obviously we have to see if there's any sort of mental hurdle come playoff time for them. But um, yeah, I think Matthews bounces back. I'll take 51. I don't 51 is it's still a big number. I just want to say that like we've seen a few 60 goal seasons lately and people are like, Oh yeah, 50 is easy. It still ain't easy. There's only the only guys in the last decade to have two 50 goal seasons. Ovi has five. Dry Settle has three. Everybody else has one. Like not everybody, but all the other guys who've done it have one. Like it's hard still. So I'll take Matthews at 51 because I don't, I think he misses fewer than, uh, than 12 games this year. I'm going to sell. Cause I don't take either side of this bet. I don't like it at all. I don't like the injury factor. Um, and I also, I, I do think the Leafs are going to be better, certainly in the regular season this year. I like the additions that they made. I think they had a massive summer, but I also want to know who Matthews is playing with because you can really chart it pretty closely 
Austin Matthews, 60 goal season playing with Mitch Marner, 40 goal season, also maybe dealing with a hand injury that look, if you're healthy enough to play 74 games, like, I'm sorry, like that's just not take yourself out of the lineup. Then if that's how bad your hand injury is. So that's kind of my issue. He got 40 last year in a 74 game season. I just wouldn't touch the bet either way. I, I see an easy path for him to be over that number, but I also see a path that he's well below it again. I won't be surprised, Frank, if Toronto starts the season running Matthews, Tavares, and Nylander as three centermen. Okay. Oh. Because they don't really have a third-line center on that team. Like, David Camp, I think, is a really good fourth-line center. I was looking at the roster. I think, you know, when you've got Domi, you've got Bertuzzi, you've got Monner, you've got Nizek. Like, that enough wingers to to, to spread it around if they want. But I think I won't be surprised to start the season if Toronto tries the three the three man uh, center position with Nylander, Tavares, and Matthews, but again, where who is Matthews is is Matthews playing with Marner? I would, yep. I'm just saying, if he doesn't, I just how much of that was a bigger factor than the injury last year? That I, for whatever reason, I seem to be the only guy talking about it. Anytime I do Toronto radio, no one seems to mention it's always the hand injury. It's it's never the factor of oh, well, he didn't really play with Mitch Marner nearly as much last season. Hmm. Well, it's experiment, right? So maybe, maybe you learn Mar- to say, hey. But maybe Marner's a bigger driver to to Matthew's success than we really realized. Well, he's a good passer. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, so after the, yeah, well, hey, if, 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 if Matthew's, like, I don't think they're going to play Matthew's and I'd actually like Tyler Bertuzzi. I think Bertuzzi's a good addition. He could play with Max Domi. Max Domi's more of a passer than he is a, a scorer, similar to Mitch Marner, right? So I think they'll have options, Frank. I think Toronto is uh, – I think they're going to experiment a lot with different combinations throughout the regular season. They should, provided yeah. that they're in solid standing position. What do they have to lose? Yeah. Doesn't, Why are you what studying happens in the, the regular season, again, doesn't really matter. Why are you studying the Leafs roster so hard, Gregor? Do you have some sort of personal connection to what could be going on in their bottom six? Uh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to Noah Gregor, friend of the show, signing a PTO with the Leafs. Uh, next one, uh, Jason, you're not going to like this line, so plug your ears. Tage Thompson's over under 44 and a half. I'm going under. I Again, like it's easier to go under because things like injuries can always derail a season. That's pretty much the dead way point of his last two years. 44 and a half is a lot of goals. And I just, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, shooting percentage drops a hair and he just slips down to like the high thirties again, next season, Jason, I'm assuming you're selling. Dude. I I wish I had my Buffalo Sabres Jersey right now because um, uh, team Thompson right over here, that guy, all he does his last few years, he just keeps improving. Um, I have no doubt in my mind, like 44, it's money in the bank, man. He had 47 last year. And uh, I think he's a 45 goal scorer for sure. I really like Buffalo. Uh, Owen Power is going to be better. Darlene's going to be better. Um, they got, you know, I like Cousins. Like they can spread it around a little bit. Teams at times are going to have to maybe not put all of their best guys against Tage Thompson, but he shoots the puck so well for a big man. It's hard to defend him. Uh, I'm taking, I will take the over on that one uh, probably more confidently because it's seven goals lower than I would Matthews at 51. I have such a hard time with this one. He had three hat tricks last year in a five goal game. That's he went 43 games without scoring at all. 
And if he's going to do it again, he needs to decrease the number of games where he doesn't get on the scoreboard. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at is I, I don't think he's getting another five goal game next year. I mean, I guess, you know, you never know. But in all likelihood, he's not popping on five in a game. And that right so there. He had was, 14 and four games. Five, three, three, three. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so the that's so likely I, to not happen again. I'm just betting on him to have six more one goal games. Sure. Evens it out. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, last one I got for you guys. Another couple of good young American stars. Botano has Jack Hughes and Jason Robertson going head to head for total points next season. Jack Hughes is the underdog at plus 100. And I'm taking Jack Hughes. He finished eight points back of Robertson last year. But I think full year, if he can stay healthy again, the health is always such a big if in these things. But in a head to head, maybe a little bit less of a factor. I like Jack Hughes to put up more points than Jason Robertson. And I think Jack Hughes could get up to that 105 to 110 point range and have a similar spike like Robertson last year. You buying or selling on me riding with Hughes, Frank? Buying. Never betting against Jack Hughes. Love Jack Hughes. Love his compete. Love his desire to improve. And just about every facet of his game has improved. So to see him take a step to... 110 or 115 next year i would not be surprised and i also think i think the devils are probably a little bit better this year um yeah i I like hughes a lot i think now the robertson one i like that angle um new jersey i like new jersey a lot i i my concern for them is they got a lot of young defensemen and going to be in big minute positions and that i think can help them find the regular season but I think come, that's why I don't have him as a cup contender because I'm just not sure the defense is experienced enough yet to go deep in the playoffs. But Jack Hughes has gotten better all the time. Um, you know, an unfortunate injury was the only reason why he missed a few games. Otherwise, he gets to 100 points. So um, I could see him improving again next season. The other thing is if he plays a lot with Timo Meyer, Timo Meyer is a beast. Now, Timo Meyer, when he came in from San Jose, like a lot of guys, I, I, I you know what? He the shock of the trade, whatever it is, some guys struggle that first time in a new team. Timo Meyer is an absolute man child. He is huge. And I think he's going to help uh, a lot for Jack Hughes. Uh, I won't be surprised if uh, he has a career high in goals, which puts a, a career high in points for Jack Hughes. Man, he yeah, was just so lost in the playoffs though. Timo Meyer, one of uh, my favorite kind of fantasy hockey sleeper under the radar guys. I think not that he's quote unquote a sleeper, but he's going to fall way lower down draft boards. And I think he he probably should right now. Uh, speaking of fantasy, Gregor, sorry to hear you had a rough week one. Dude, well, fantasy football, there was yeah. a lot like how many guys got zero points like Drake London, zero points. T Higgins, zero points. Dallas Goddard, Frank's Eagles, zero points. Like you go across the list. Like there was some, it was a pretty sloppy first week of the NFL for being honest. Like, that's, and which is not a surprise. Cause guess what? Most of these guys don't even play in the preseason. What the that's what I was going to say. It's it, week one is almost unwatchable because no one is willing to risk their players to injury in the preseason. Yeah. The, in fact, the I Eagles will. coach came out after the game and said, I probably need to rethink that next year. We should probably not play a whole game, but use them in a few series to yes. at least get their their feet under them. Yeah. I, I needed a 20 spot from Dak Prescott to win my matchup. And I was like, oh, perfect. I was at a golf tournament, came in. And I'm like, oh, my God, the Cowboys are up 40 nothing. This is unreal. I'm going to walk away. He put up six points for me, which was wow. How's that possible? 
Because it's defense and special teams. Yeah. Defense, special teams, and they ran the ball in, so he yeah. didn't do anything. Anyways, uh, that's enough of my venting. Dak sucks, but yeah. I need your bill. I need your bills to light up the Jets defense tonight. That's what I need. They will. They will. That's an overrated so. Jets defense. And I'm worried that will age poorly. Uh, that's a wrap on this week's edition of Buy or Sell. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quickly, Frank, before we wrap up, uh, we had mentioned Jake Sanderson. And, and funny enough, in the, um, in the same division, th- teams that are all battling each other, Mo Sider, Owen Power. They look at the Jake Sanderson contract did did Ottawa just do a favor to Buffalo and Detroit to just say, hey, guys, here's your outline, easy negotiation? Or do you think Cider and Power get more or less than Sanderson? Um, my guess is they're probably all in the same neighborhood. Unless someone wants to take a different path and say, I'll sign a shorter two-year deal or whatever, like we just talked about, in order to get more later. Mm-hmm. So when the cap finally increases, well, I'm intrigued by your thoughts about Trevor Zegers only signing a, a, a short bridge deal. That uh, That's what I would do if I'm being presented with it, what I think is an unpalatable eight year offer. Okay. That's fair. Because what the security might feel really good in the beginning. Just ask a bunch of players that signed for security that grew to hate it. Mark Shifley, Nathan McKinnon. The deal felt really good at the time. Yeah. But by year five, you absolutely hated it and did not like playing under the moniker of the most underpaid player in the league. It's a pretty fair painful point. way to go to work every day. Yeah, fair point. 
I like it, Frank. Uh, enjoy the week. Uh, rookie camps get going. Uh, all those tournaments uh, coming up uh, next weekend for diehard uh, NHL fans. You can watch it online. Maybe you'll be watching. Diehard rookie camp person. fans like Jason Greger. Yeah. Wow. You know what? I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it, but not as I don't watch it as intently as I used to. That's for sure. Have a good week. We'll chat with you next week. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.